Welcome everybody to a Martinis with Scott. Hope everybody's having a great uh, Monday. Today we're going to talk about tips uh, for you to think about uh, for a process to get to attract a bank loan or debt financing to your business. Now, why are we going to talk about process? Why do you need these tips? Because in deals, in any any corporate finance deal, M&A, financing, restructuring, whatever it is, momentum is key. And for there to be momentum, you have to have thought through the entire process and what you're going to do and the tools that you're going to need to make this transaction happen. So this will help you with your bank financing um, or other debt uh, financing. So first thing to do in terms of uh, uh, thinking about your deal is you need to think like a lender and you need to understand the products that are available that different lenders uh, provide <clears throat> for businesses. So, for example, you want to segregate your deal size. So, if you're trying to build, build a, uh, if you're trying to borrow a million dollars in a operating line or first secured loan, it doesn't make any sense to go to somebody who has a minimum deal size of ten million dollars, right? And that's how lenders on deal size segregate themselves. You know, they're so you need to you need to have your list of lenders and you need to look through see what deal size they do. Will they do zero to a million or zero to five hundred thousand? <clears throat> will they do a $5 million deal or is that too small? Will they do a $10 million deal or is that too big, right? And and so it just depends on where you are, what your business is and what lenders you're talking to. But you need to understand uh, uh, what a lender is doing. They're offering you a product and it fits within a certain box and you need to understand what those boxes are. Deal type. So is it an offering loan from a bank? Is it an asset-based loan? And someday we'll do a Martinis with Scott on the details of uh, asset-based lending. Actually, I should get a guest in for that. And we did some last season with small ABL slash factoring uh, people, um, First Vancouver Finance and Accord Financial in particular. So you can go look those up. And maybe what we'll do is we will we'll redo those shows and get into some more depth and some different topics. Anyways, offering loan, uh, ABL, do you want a term loan? Uh, you try to buy new capital equipment, uh, so you have a CapEx program, you need to borrow a term loan or a lease on that, right? So you need to understand because lenders do different things. They're offering you a product and so you need to understand what it is that you need. What security are you offering? Is it uh, to an operating lender, you need to offer them receivables and inventory. It's what's called a revolving loan. Uh, same on ABL, but you can add in equipment. Term loan is obviously equipment. A mortgage lender would be real estate. Understand the security. Um, <clears throat> because that's what that's what fits uh, within the lender's box, uh, as we talked about. Uh, cash flow, understand your cash flow, which means you have to have a financial projection to do that, and you're looking at debt service coverage, which means do you have enough free cash every year or on a rolling quarterly basis? Do you have enough free cash coming out of this business to pay principal and interest plus a little bit extra room for things going wrong? That's your debt service, uh, debt uh, service coverage. And lenders, again, are looking for deals that fit within their parameters that they're comfortable with. Personal guarantees, does this bank want a personal guarantee, not want a personal guarantee? And so just know where you, and can, will you provide one, right? And if you do provide one, is it limited? Do you have a, a personal net worth that helps out on this thing? Do you have good credit? So you need to know where your deal fits within those, those general boxes so you can define what sort of lender uh, you're going to approach for your deal. Tip number two, build your tools, build them up front because it's about momentum. So what is your, what are your key tools for getting a financing? Uh, number one for us is a SIM. 
which CIM is the acronym Confidential Information Memorandum. You can think of it as your business plan or your deck. We, a deck is a PowerPoint presentation typically. And if you have, if you're in cannabis three years ago and you can get a check for anything, do up a deck. If you have a complicated story um, and you need lenders to understand some details, write out an old school SIM in Word and, and, um, and highlight and tell your story. Put in some, put in some pictures and some deck-like things as well if you want, but don't be limited to PowerPoint and four bullet points per page because it doesn't communicate a story if you're in a business that needs to communicate a story. And what we're gonna start doing at Sinclair Range is we're gonna start doing our Sims by video, exactly like this. In fact, I might shoot one this afternoon and, um, <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll follow it up with uh, the other tools, but the, the, what would otherwise be the written part, I think we're gonna do exactly like this by video and I'm gonna see how that goes. I'm excited about it, I think it could be cool. Second tool to think about, rolling monthly model. There's a, a bunch of examples with Olga Jelani on the Martinis with Scott channel. You can go check them out. This is basically your business plan projection month by month, probably for, you know, you want to do it longer than the term of the loan that you're seeking. So if it's a three-year term that you're locked into, the lender's going to want to see at least a four-year plan. So they know how they get in and then how, and then that their debt is serviced all along and then they can get out. So you need a rolling monthly model, uh, probably a 13-week cash flow. This is a rolling cash flow model. We have examples, I believe, on the Martinez with Scott channel. I'll double check that, and if we don't, we'll do a show on it. Uh, appraisals, if you're going for uh, a mortgage, you need the real estate appraised. If you're trying to buy used equipment and you want a term loan, you're probably gonna have to have an appraisal on that. If you want asset-based lending, you need to appraise your, your inventory and the equipment that you're getting appraised. And the last thing to think about in terms of your tools is a field audit. This is something the lender normally organized, but great to get a hold of the head of the curve if you can. A field auditor on an asset-based loan is someone who goes into your business and really scrubs through receivables and inventory and makes sure that your accounting is doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's a complicated topic, so we'll maybe cover that in another show. All right, so number one was you, you figured out what box you're gonna fit in with the lenders in terms of uh, deal size, type, security, cash flow, personal guarantees. You've built all your tools, you've got your, your slim, SIM slash, not your SLIM, your SIM, C-I-M slash deck ready. You've got your, your financial models, you've got your appraisals lined up and ready to go. Now, you have to have a list of lenders. So you can work with an intermediary to give you a list. You can go on to all sorts of free databases. You can just Google them in your area for the type of loan that you're looking for. There's always uh, trade finance, corporate finance, associations that you can get into and look at their list. You know, if someone calls us and they want recommendations to lenders, uh, we give them to them free because I don't think that the introduction is the real issue in our business. I think it's having your materials, materials ready and a story to tell. Um, but if you're going to uh, market your business and you're going to raise some, some debt, you need to have a list obviously to market to. So get your list together. That would be the next tip. And you know, get 10, 20 names together. Now, tip three, marketing. Do you go to those 10, 20 names all at once? I say no. So if you get, if you hire an accounting firm in Canada, let's say, and uh, similar in the US, but particularly in Canada, this is a pet peeve of mine and a pet peeve of every lender that I'm aware of, is the accounting firms will put together the SIM, they'll put together the materials, 
and then they'll send it out to every prospective lender that they've ever heard of, whether it fits the box or not. And so they'll rifle out 50 SIMs or 100 SIMs to different lenders. Now, why do they do that? Well, they do it for, is it to service the client? Is it to make sure that you have the best chance of getting money? No, it's not. I think it's for two reasons. One is, if you're an intermediary, like Sinclair Range has been, um, and continues to be on a limited basis, um, and, and the explanation for that, by the way, is that we've moved into a private equity model and we're buying companies as investors and we're still providing some advice, intermediary uh, advice, <clears throat> but our primary business is private equity. But if you're an accounting firm, you're in the service business, you're an intermediary, um, and most business brokers do the same thing. So you, you send out a bunch of these SIMs and then what you're showing your database of prospective lenders who spent the time to buy a beer, go for lunch, um, is that you remember them and you're sending them a deal. And then they're gonna call back to the accounting firm and they're gonna say, well, that, that we don't do that type of financing. And the accounting firm says, okay, just wanna make sure you're on the list. So they send this, so it has to do with them and the financing source. It has nothing to do with you and your business. So that's number one. And number two is, if you work in a large accounting firm, you know, what's gonna, what they're worried about is two years from now when something's gone wrong and they're in court in litigation and the question is asked of them in front of the judge, did you canvas the market? Did you canvas the market, talk to every prospective lender that you possibly can? And they wanna say yes. They want to have rifled out as many CIMs, whether they're relevant or not, to as many people as they possibly can so they can answer that question, yes, two years from now. It's a big risk mitigation issue from their perspective, does you no good whatsoever. If you're running the process or if you have influence over it, here's what we do. We have our list of 10, 15, 20 prospective lenders and we segregate them and we go to no more than three in a, what I call a first wave. And I wanna do it in waves because I don't, I wanna the lenders who I think are most likely to do this deal or who I know, I want them to feel like they've got a reasonable shot at this. They're not wasting their time. I disclose who we sent the package to. I'll call up lender A and I'll say, hey, we sent this to lender B and to lender C and here's why I sent it to them. And if you have something to tell me about lender B or C, I'm happy to listen to that on behalf of my client, but you're in a three horse race. Now, from my perspective, I've looked at what box we fit into. I put my materials together and I think I'm gonna get this deal done and I send it to the top three. This has never happened, but what goes through my mind is, what if I got it wrong? What if I, I'm not in that box? What if the lenders don't see the deal the way I see the deal? What if my packages suck and I just can't get this deal done with it? Well, I'd rather know that with three lenders having seen the deal than with my entire 20 lender database, right? So what I could do is theoretically is I could adjust based on the feedback from the first three lenders. And I could say, great, I understand you're out. And then I could just circle back with my client, I could, or, or with my business, and I could redo my packages, and I could think about this thing differently, the way that lenders think about this differently. And uh, the lenders taught me the first three, and I can go to the next wave, right? So that's the way I do it. I think sending it out to everybody at once is stupid. It's not geared towards your business, it's geared towards the intermediary themselves. And so why does that make any sense for you. This never happens to me, by the way, because what I also do as a, in my, with my intermediary hat on is I call the lender in advance and I say, hey, I think about taking on this client. Here's a general profile. What do you think? Would you be interested in that sort of deal? And I get some feedback. And so 
before I've even accepted an engagement letter, I have a general idea where we're going with these things. So I've, I've preempted that. But from your perspective, don't send it to everybody at once. It just makes no sense. All right, so that was tip, uh, where am I at? Uh, one, two, three. So first was know what your lenders uh, do and what box you fit into, build your tools, get your list of lenders, uh, send them the information, market to them, uh, keep the momentum going, obviously, as part of that marketing process. Now, you get some term sheets in, how do you select? Um, Google them, get an idea for their reputation because there's great marketing machines out there that don't close deals that have terrible post uh, post lending reputations. You might as well know that. So dig in, uh, it's not very hard, get some reputational public information if you can. Uh, I always look at availability as a driver, I don't look at cost of funds so much, um, but if you're, if you're a business and you're growing or you're troubled and you're trying to turn around, access to capital is key. If you have, let's say you have a term sheet that gives you $3 million of capital at an expensive, I don't know, 13% because you're a high risk turnaround, okay? Or you have another one that gives you $2 million of capital um, at 8%, right? There's a big delta on the interest rate, big delta on the cost of funds. I lean heavily towards availability. And the reason is because although 13% or 5% increment sounds like a lot, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than equity, right? And nobody ever thinks about that, but the dilution on the equity is crazy. The cost of funds is a lot more. You're not borrowing in that example I gave you, that turnaround. You, it's like a bridge loan. It's, a, it's got a shorter term. And so you can reduce your cost of funds once you turn around, but you need the availability. So always focus on that. So reputation, availability, look at your all-in costs. Your interest rate is not it. There's facility fees, there's uh, transactional fees, right? It might cost $10,000 to do an operating line and $100,000 in legals to do an ABL. You need to think about those things based on your deal size. You look at terms, the lender going to try and lock you in for three years. It is a six month bridge. Is it open? You want to think about that. And that's how I, that's how you select. And if you go through a term sheet process with more than one lender, you get to negotiate the lenders off each other. That is a financing process. As far as I'm concerned, good luck to you. Have any questions? Let me know. Thank you for watching Martinis with Scott. We are a show about winning at business geared towards management, directors, shareholders, investors. Uh, we are on YouTube on the Martinis with Scott channel. Please check it out. Subscribe. Uh, also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Have a great day.